0: We're feeling fairly comfortable unless they backburn towards us then we could be could be in a little trouble
1: a family fighting through the night near the front lines to save their livelihood under threat from the flat lake fire plus we've reached the six month mark and we're at a low the public appeal from trina hunt's loved ones on a difficult anniversary of the day she was reported
2: missing and And it may have saved a lot of people if they had used rapid testing back in the fall. Mixed emotions as BC long
1: term care restrictions ease on Monday, why some families are both overjoyed and frustrated.
3: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: This is inside the Flat Lake wildfire near 100 Mile House this afternoon as aircraft made multiple passes, dropping fire retardant several times to try to contain the fire that is encroaching on a number of properties in that area. And this was the edge of the Flat Lake wildfire overnight as it encroached on a ranch. It's an example of what firefighters and property owners across parts of B.C. are facing right now. Out of control flames scorching hundreds of square kilometers and choking smoke rising from the dry brush. Good evening and thanks for joining us. I'm Neetu Garcha. More firefighting resources are coming into B.C. to help with the enormous challenge of containing hundreds of wildfires right across the province. But the fight to protect Bishop Meadow Ranch is currently being waged by the owners and their neighbors who are refusing to leave the land despite being threatened by flames. As Paul Johnson reports, only a break from Mother Nature will truly help them win that battle.
3: How's this for family values? When the biggest wildfire in years threatens your ranch, you don't sit back and hope the government saves your livelihood. No, everybody sticks together. We fought with them a few years back. They had a fire at their place. Everybody returns the favor. Just read the name on the door of this water truck. Like most of the equipment in action overnight, it's owned and operated by the Cunningham family and their improvised firefighting team of friends and neighbors. The Cunninghams have been ranching here since the 1800s. This isn't their first wildfire, and it won't be their last. <laughs> well, what else are you gonna do you can't get <laughs> Yeah,
4: you can't get upset with it.
3: Most of their work is defensive, Posing down the property at critical spots and cutting a firebreak by clearing out a strip of trees. As the night wears on, it's only a short trip up the path to the front lines of the Flat Lake Fire. Dangerous and out of control, the Cunninghams and their allies are exhausted. They're not officially certified wildfire fighters and some of them are much older. Their credentials come from a lifetime on their land and the certainty of what needs to be done. Is you can't one? quit because it ain't quitting. At the Bishop Meadows Ranch, Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: Currently, there are 297 active wildfires burning across B.C., down from the 306 yesterday. 22 were sparked just in the last couple of days. The Tremont Creek Fire near Ashcroft flared up last night, prompting an evacuation order for people living in about 60 homes in Wallachine That's between Cache Creek and Savanaugh. The B.C. Wildfire Service says it's now estimated at 5,000 hectares and is classified as out of control. The village of Ashcroft remains under an evacuation alert. The Thomas Creek wildfire, which has been burning one and a half kilometers east of Skaha Lake for the last week, is now estimated at about 5,400 hectares following more accurate mapping done this weekend. 704 properties near Okanagan Falls are under an evacuation alert. All assisted living and long-term care homes in the 100-mile house area have now been evacuated due to wildfire activity in the Thompson-Caribou region. Interior Health says a total of 90 long-term care and 29 assisted living residents from private and public facilities have been proactively relocated to neighboring communities. The 100 Mile District Hospital remains open for anyone requiring emergency care. Health officials are working with local governments and the B.C. Wildfire Service to protect patients and residents. For the second time in five years, a wildfire is threatening the only transmission line serving about 60,000 customers on the west side of Okanagan Lake. The mayor of West Kelowna is expressing his frustration, while BC Hydro is saying it is doing all it can to keep the lights on. Megan Turcato has more.
5: The 480-hectare out-of-control Brenda Creek wildfire is burning south of Highway 97C near this transmission line which is the only source of power for tens of thousands of people on the west side of Okanagan Lake. If the fire cut off the transmission line, it could leave people without air conditioning and impact everything from businesses to traffic lights.
0: A lot of issues, some chaos, and uh, it wouldn't be a good situation for our community
5: at all. So far, BC Hydro says the Brenda Creek fire has actually burnt past the transmission line twice without cutting off power. We've put a lot of work to what we call fire-harden that line, which includes removing vegetation and and any fire fuel from the right-of-way on which the line lies, and including adding fire retardant. And we've done that sort of thing on a regular basis for many years. Hydro says adding a second power source for the area is a priority for the utility, and it expects to announce which option it wants to move forward with later this year. It's a long list of things you have to worry before you uh, determine the best route to go with the transmission project. The delays have been uh, too numerous and it's just taken so
0: long so it's time to get on with it. Uh, the reality is is that it's, it's possible that a severe wildfire could uh, knock out that s- single source of power and we just can't uh, we just don't want that to happen obviously.
5: We want to get it done as quickly as we can, but by making the right decisions along the way, choosing the correct project and doing things prudently. After a few days of subdued fire behavior, winds have fanned the flames of the Brenda Creek fire again Sunday. But so far, no damage to the transmission line or other structures has been reported. West Kelowna's mayor urging people not to panic, but to prepare for the worst-case scenario of a sustained power outage. Turcato, Global News, West Kelowna. And
1: some breaking news now, more than 40,000 customers in Coldstream, Lake Country, Salmon Arm, Revelstoke and Vernon are without power right now. BC Hydro says it's due to a transmission circuit failure at 4.30 at the Ashton Creek substation. Crews are patrolling the line by helicopter to try and find the cause of the outage. And residents in wildfire-affected communities are being asked to make accommodation plans in the event of an evacuation order. Emergency Management BC says planning in advance will help make sure there's enough capacity at hotel rooms. It suggests the best option would be to arrange to stay with family and friends so hotels and motels have capacity for evacuees who have no other option. Anyone who has self-evacuated because of smoky conditions is asked to consider returning home as accommodations in larger communities that could be used for evacuees are already reaching capacity. A moment of tribute for the victims of the crane collapse in Kelowna. The horns of all nine cranes sounding in unison at the Site C Dam construction project. They stopped work at 11 a.m. and again at 11 p.m. to pay tribute to the victims of this past week's collapse. Five people were killed in the incident. The cranes all pointed towards Kelowna in tribute. And country singer Aaron Perchette is paying tribute on Facebook to one of the five Crane Collapse victims. Kalen Vilness was his nephew, but Perchette considered the 23-year-old to be a second cousin. He says Vilness had an infectious smile and laugh with a sense of kindness and care that warmed his heart and was truly a prince of a man. B.C. families will be able to spend more time with their loved ones in long-term care homes tomorrow. That is the day significant restrictions will be eased for visitors in facilities hardest hit by the crisis. And while many relatives and residents are overjoyed, there's still frustration over how much time together
2: they lost. Amadagahi has more. It's been a long 16 months for anyone with someone in long-term care.
6: 16 months of a time's fear confusion and tragedy. The pandemic devastating many areas of society, but its impact perhaps nowhere as cruel as it has been on long-term care.
2: To lock us away from our loved ones, it's been difficult.
6: It pains Jeanette Harper to describe how she was first separated from her 90-year-old mom, whose condition would mean FaceTime for them was not an option.
2: We were allowed to see my mother for 15 minutes once a week through a window, which was very difficult. You're trying to make that human connection with them, and you feel like you're losing them because every time you see them, they're more vacant.
6: A lot has changed since then, but come Monday, many of the restrictions in place for visiting long-term care will be lifted. Visits without bookings. No more restrictions on how many people can see their loved one. Those with two vaccines can interact without a mask and the facilities
7: can begin holding larger social events. Not having that barrier, it used to be a plexiglass, it used to be a window, and and then it became a mask. And to be able to be together and not have to be talking through a mask, to be able to hold a hand, to be able to hug, those are the kinds of things that I think everybody has missed.
6: If you're visiting long-term care, it's important to bring proof of vaccination. And with it, the BC Care Providers Association is asking for
7: patients. We are really asking um, uh, members of the public to be aware that Frontline workers have been through hell and back. It's been a very difficult transition for them and um, they're both physically and mentally exhausted. The ministry
6: says workers who are not fully vaccinated will need to wear a mask and be rapid tested regularly.
2: There was many people asking for rapid testing to be used months ago and it may have saved a lot of people if they had used rapid testing back in the fall.
6: Which is why Harper says Monday will be a bittersweet step forward. Joy for many reuniting with their loved ones in long term care on a day that for others didn't come soon enough. Emma Adegahi, Global News.
1: Interior Health joining Fraser and Vancouver Coastal Health regions in trying to motivate more people to get their COVID 19 vaccination. As Yasmin Gandam reports, a unique pop up clinic aimed at entertaining and immunizing people was held in Kelowna today.
8: All up,
9: well, it doesn't look like your typical vaccine clinic. Local musicians, hockey teams, and other special guests all joined in to participate in today's Vaxathon at Kelowna Secondary School. Many people thought getting their jab at the pop up was quick and easy.
2: Like it's quicker, and um, I wanted to get vaccinated as quick as I could to help prevent the spread of COVID-19.
9: It's brilliant. A lot of people aren't on regular set schedules, right? And I know employers are supposed to give you time off to go get your shots and things like that, but sometimes that's not always feasible, right? So I love it. And on a weekend, that's perfect. (laughs) Because a lot of people work Monday to Friday, right? So yeah. Well, the excitement felt in the air today isn't just from playing hockey and listening to music. You can feel just how happy people are in line today to get one step closer to being immunized against COVID-19. Plenty of jabs were given out, especially to those who are waiting for their invitation to book their second shot. More pop-up clinics here in Kelowna likely
1: on the way. Yasmin Gandim, Global News, Kelowna. A woman has died and four others were rushed to hospital after a crash on the Coquihalla Highway on Saturday morning. Police say first responders arrived on the southbound lanes of Highway 5, south of the Porsche brake check, to find an SUV had rolled over. Two adults and two children suffered serious and potentially life-threatening injuries. A woman in her 70s was pronounced dead at the scene. No names have been released. The Coroner Service and RCMP are investigating the cause of the crash. And still ahead, looking for justice six months later. Trina Hunt's loved ones continue their search for answers. Their public appeal on this dark day next. And the auto theft that's put a non-profit and local farmer's markets in a tight spot. It has been exactly six months since Trina Hunt was reported missing from her Port Moody home, launching a desperate search that ended with a grim discovery and the start of a murder investigation. As Trina's family members await justice, they're again appealing to the public on this somber anniversary.
8: Across Metro Vancouver, Trina Hunt's loved ones are planting the seeds of justice. The waiting, the lull is is, is really hard. Forty-eight-year-old Trina was last seen on surveillance in the community on January 14th, says her family. Four days later, Trina's husband Ian reported her missing from their Port Moody home.
10: These last four days it's just it's been really heavy, knowing that between that day and today, those were her final
8: days six months ago. What happened and why would someone kill Trina?
10: You just can't heal until you get those answers. You can't even start to heal.
8: On March 29th, Trina's remains were found south of Silver Creek in Hope. In June, her family announced an up to $50,000 reward to help bring her killer to justice. Days later, homicide investigators searched Trina's Port Moody home and her husband's parents' home in Mission. No one has been arrested or charged you can
10: help the police solve this, then I just, I beg
8: of you to please do the right thing and come forward. Stephanie Ibbett also asking anyone who knew Trina to dig through old photo albums as she collects pre-digital memories for Trina's parents. It'll help bring them some comfort and some, you know, peace. Something the Justice for Trina community effort is already doing.
10: It's so heartwarming and it just lets us know that we aren't alone and, Everybody wants what we want, which is an arrest and justice. And they have a message for the killer. Give Trina the respect and dignity that she deserves and turn yourself in. You're not going to get away with this.
1: We are not going to forget what you've done. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Vancouver police are searching for a suspect after a store security guard was stabbed this morning. It happened just before 10 a.m. at the Shoppers Drug Mart in the 1100 block of Davy Street in the West End. Police say the loss prevention officer was seriously hurt while trying to stop a shoplifter and was taken to hospital for treatment. The suspect fled the store and remains at large. Surrey RCMP are investigating more brazen gun violence, this time in Newton this weekend. Police say they responded to multiple shots fired into a vehicle with two occupants inside at the intersection of 128th Street and 60th Avenue at about 5 o'clock last night. Mounties say the driver of a white Audi SUV shot at two people inside a red van. One person suffered minor injuries from the breaking glass. Police are still searching for the suspect vehicle which fled the scene heading south on 128. Investigators are also seeking cooperation from the target of the crime for more information. If you're a witness or have dash cam footage, you're asked to contact Surrey RCMP. A local nonprofit is finding itself in a cash crunch after someone stole and totaled their market van. The Grow Local Society runs farmers markets in the Tri-Cities. They saved for years to buy a van a decade ago. It was invaluable to keep tents, tables, signs and key pieces of equipment inside. But recently the van and all of its contents were stolen. The van was recovered but it's a write-off. Meaning the society which struggled to survive the pandemic now has to raise money to replace it. Because of the pandemic,
9: there's a huge shortage on this type of delivery vans that we used and the price of them has got like tripled from what we paid even 10 years ago. So so yeah, we're looking to to fundraise to be able to to raise enough funds to be able to purchase a new one.
5: It's discouraging. It's really disheartening. I know how important our equipment is on the farm. Like We can't do our job without our equipment. And it's the same for
1: the market. They have customized the van over a number of years to be exactly what they need and have exactly what they need. Coming up, businesses on the brink.
11: We're not going to give up, but uh, we have to rethink how we do business.
1: The pandemic and now coyote attacks, a double blow to Stanley Park staples already struggling. And (laughs) Cubans in Vancouver take to the streets to demand freedom, condemning the violent crackdown in that country. It has been a struggle for business owners and operators in Stanley Park this year between the pandemic restrictions and the debate over the installation of a bike lane. Now you can add the warnings to stay away from parts of the park because of coyote attacks to their woes. Grace Key has more.
12: The hits just keep on coming for Stanley Park horse-drawn tours. Businesses inside the park have been hit by covid reduced vehicle access and now aggressive coyotes. About half a dozen group reservations have been postponed with the
11: horse-drawn tours. We had a huge increase in phone calls, um, either cancellations uh, or people wondering if we are still operating or if there's a safety issues.
12: Multiple coyotes have been involved in a number of attacks on humans, the most recent involving a two-year-old girl near the Vancouver Aquarium. On Thursday, BC's Conservation Officer Service announced four coyotes had been euthanized but warned more aggressive ones could still be out there. So
13: it is very, very important that people remain very cautious in in the park Uh, If they choose to come in the park, they need to be aware of their surrounding and be ready to encounter
6: uh, possible aggressive coyotes.
11: The horses, when they clip-clops on the road, there's a certain amount of noise related to that. So the coyotes are basically staying away from us, and we're happy that way.
12: Jerry hasn't earned a salary for the last year and a half, while feeding, vet, and insurance bills continue to come in. But he's not calling it quits.
11: You know, we've been here now 39 years this year. Obviously, we're not, you know, not going to give up, but uh, we have to rethink how we do business.
12: Unless business bounces back soon, Jerry says he'll have to make some tough decisions come this winter. Grace Key, Global News. Dozens of people taking to the streets of the West End today to back calls
1: for greater democracy in Cuba.
13: Freedom for Cuba. Our people want
4: freedom.
1: The Caribbean nation was rocked last week by people protesting food and medicine shortages and some demanding political change. That message being echoed on Denman Street in Vancouver. As many as 100 people chanting and carrying signs calling for democracy. Some criticizing the Cuban government, accusing it of killing families. The cleanup continues in Barrie, Ontario this weekend following Thursday's powerful tornado that ripped through the city, leaving dozens of families displaced. Brittany Rosen has more on the community's response to help those in need.
10: It looks like the Wizard of Oz house. Yeah.
9: If only it were just a movie. As a paramedic of more than 20 years, John Hunwicks is used to responding to difficult situations, but this has left him in shock.
3: I picked up my phone, called my son Adam, and told him to get into the basement, and then the phone died.
9: At the time of Thursday's storm, Hunwick's was out getting gas, while his 15-year-old son and ex-wife were at home.
3: Once you start realizing that everybody's okay is when you kind of start um, looking and going like, holy crap, that was my house, that was my son's room.
9: Just moments later, this. Oh my god! I started videotaping and I saw the the sky. I'm like, oh my gosh, like the roof is gone. It was
10: just utter chaos everywhere.
9: A GoFundMe has since been set up for John and so far it's raised more than $22,000. Volunteers continue to work tirelessly here on site, providing a number of supports to other residents that have been displaced. A command post has been set up at a local school to serve those impacted. Residents are able to come here to collect everything from toilet paper to food and clothing.
14: It's been tricky, but we, we've all made it through. Um, yeah, we're uh, all working together.
9: It's an overwhelming community response being facilitated by the Red Cross Salvation Army and volunteers like Jesset Delberg and Josh Carpin. It's us making sure they have what they need to cope through this time. Meanwhile, crews continue to clean up remnants from Thursday's storm. Barry Fire says hundreds of homes were damaged, and about 70 are completely unhabitable.
13: Unfortunately, we're going to have some people who, whose homes are are going to be um, demolished, and those people are going to be um, without you know on their normal home for probably up to a
3: year.
9: But despite losing it all, families like Hunwick's remain top of mind for the community, who is doing what they can to provide a little comfort during a difficult time. Brittany Rosen, Global News.
1: Dramatic video out of Calgary shows the heightened risk people living along rail lines face in hot and dry conditions. Sparks flew off the top of a CN locomotive early Saturday morning. A short time later, a grass fire erupts fueled by dry conditions. Neighbors fought the fire with backyard hoses. Ten fire trucks responded and got the flames out a few hours later. CN says it has no indication what may have caused the fire. The Transportation Safety Board is investigating whether a passing train played any role in the fire that destroyed Lytton in late June. Coming up, a show in the skies above Vancouver Island. As the Snowbirds continue their mission to pay tribute to healthcare workers, a CF 18 makes another appearance.
3: You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
1: The snowbirds continue Operation Inspiration, the latest on their schedule and another guest appearance by a CF-18. Details just ahead. But first, parts of the province have been living under an air quality advisory for weeks due to smoke from our wildfires. And some of that smoke has drifted over into Alberta, including in Edmonton and Calgary. It makes it difficult to escape when you're outside. The smoke is expected to stick around until Monday before slowly starting to get better. Well, here's to hoping for some rain as we bring in meteorologist Yvonne Shelfer for a look at our forecast. Not the case for us.
15: No, we are still seeing dry conditions. It's been over 30 days without any precipitation. That's for the southern half of the province. And we still have the Smoky Skies Bulletin that extends into much of the southeastern corners. First off, what it looks like on our wall center hotel camera. Temperatures today bumped up. 22 is the high, but away from the water, the Humidex feeling closer to 26 and 27. Now, the smoke forecast, the Smoky Skies Bulletin 100 miles included within that much. The Columbian, Kootenai, the Okanagan Valley, Shoe shop, all going to continue to see that local smoke across the region and likely continuing for the next 12 and potentially 24 hours. So those with respiratory issues, if you can try and limit the amount of time spent outdoors. Also looking at the smoke forecast, we can see that across the region so we'll continue to watch that. And the instability tomorrow will actually be across the central interior. Fire danger rating, we've seen that improvement for the northern half of the province because we've seen some rain over the weekend. But towards the south, still very hot and dry and we have areas that are still at a high to extreme especially for the Colombian and Kootenai so please be very diligent outdoors and report any campfire or fires immediately. Now the northern half of the province will still see some isolated showers. The area of concern that we're keeping a close eye for tomorrow will be inland for the northern half of the province and much of the central interior once again we will see that risk of thunderstorms and the concern will be lightning across the region, very gusty winds and the potential for hail to develop across the region. So the northern half of the province. That's we will see that instability with the chance of showers. It'll stay along the coast as showers, but inland is where we'll see that risk of thunderstorms. It extends in towards the northeastern corners, and much of the central interior will be included within that. Now, all areas towards the south still hot and dry. Temperatures soaring. Castlegar still getting up to closer 36 degrees, and much of the Thompson-Okanagan over the next few days will be into the low 30s. Not much of a reprieve, and I'm not tracking any precipitation over the next few. Whistler will still climb up to 26 degrees. We may have some cloud cover and a few sprinkles along the northern tip of the island, but all areas will start to see some breaks. We'll actually see a few clouds overnight and for the early morning hours, and then we're back into a mainly sunny sky. Highs tomorrow, keep in mind, stay hydrated, grab the sunscreen with the UV index, it'll be at about 8 or very high, and with the humid X, we'll feel into the 30s. We've got dry conditions all the way in towards our five-day forecast. Nathan. Yikes, that dry spell continues. Thanks, Yvonne. And staying up in the skies for this next story the
1: royal canadian air force's operation inspiration making its way to vancouver island today
10: cool plane yep. so oh, sounds like it's coming is.
1: a cf-18 from the demonstration team flying over nanaimo continuing with passes over tofino and victoria it's a way to say thank you to frontline health care workers the snowbirds who flew over metro vancouver on friday had a maintenance day and will fly a similar mission tomorrow Good stuff. Absolutely. All right, Barry's here for a preview of what's coming up in sports. Another busy day, Barry.
0: Mm-hmm. It was really busy. The uh, lists are out for the uh, expansion draft Wednesday. Seattle Kraken are going to pick players from all the other teams, and the Canucks have their protected and unprotected lists out, so we'll show you that. Also, the final round of the Open Championship. A couple Canadians in contention, and also uh, some Gold Cup soccer as well. Canada taking on the USA. So, highlights of that,
1: too. All right, looking forward to all that. Thanks, Barry. And still ahead as well, the warning after a BC senior was scammed.
4: I heard then a very passionate plea. Mom, 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 it's me.
1: The sensitive information the fraudsters used to prey on her and how much money she handed over
3: attention. Need the latest info on budgeting, personal finances, taxes, affordability, or any other money issues in this pricey province? Then get informed. Andrea examines consumer matters on global news.
1: A Prince George woman is speaking out in hopes of helping others after she was scammed out of thousands of dollars. This CKPG News story tells us how the scammers tricked the victim and what you need to watch out for.
16: In a vulnerable state, Two scammers played with one woman's emotions.
4: And I always said it would never happen to me. I, I'm too smart for that. I would never get caught in that. But they know how to get you. They just know how to get you. And she
16: gave in because she loves her family more than anything.
4: They knew how to, how to
16: play her up and make her the person she is. Jane contacted CKPG this week claiming she was scammed out of $3,000 from two people who called her. One claimed to be her daughter-in-law. The other to be a Prince George RCMP officer. Jane is not her real name, and we've also protected names of her family members to avoid retaliation.
4: I was ready to hang up because I didn't recognize who it was, and finally I heard then a very passionate plea: "Mom, mom, mom, it's me. Mom, it's me. I've been in an accident. I'm like a broken nose." That's why you can't understand me.
16: The woman on the phone claimed to be in jail after an accident and needed the money for bail. Then the fake police officer started talking to Jane.
4: This man came on the line and he's introduced himself as a local RCMP officer. Here, through no fault of hers, she didn't do anything wrong, but she was involved in an accident.
16: The man called her back and asked Jane to send the money to a personal email, which she did. Jane says that her bank is working to get that money back. But to her, she doesn't care about the money. She wants everyone to be aware of these scams.
4: I want this story exposed without knowing it's me. So these people will get caught and they will be able to turn their life around to not have to live a life of scamming people they can live a decent life and that's what i want out of this that's what i want is the bottom line for them to be rehabilitated
14: yeah
1: such an important message there all right still ahead a cleanup beneath the surface
14: i want to bring crab home for me and my family but it's more the ecosystem that I'm, i'm worried about
1: how a BC freediver is using his passion to protect the environment and the unexpected discoveries made along the way.
0: This summer, find a new place to stay and wake up in nature. Whatever your comfort level, there's cozy cabins, glamping tents, and luxury resorts to choose from. If the mountains are calling, try a log cabin at Napika Mountain Resort in the heart of the Rockies snorkel with salmon along the Kispiox River at Bearclaw Lodge in northwest BC. Guest ranches offer plenty of room to roam in the great outdoors with options like the Flying U Ranch in the Caribou or Three Bars Guest Ranch
3: with incredible views of the Rockies. Brought to you by Destination BC. Plan your summer getaway at explorebc.com
1: all right, Barry's back with a look at sports. And like yesterday, we're talking about NHL strategy.
0: A little bit of Canucks action here. All right, mm-hmm. thanks, Nithu. The uh, NHL expansion draft goes this coming Wednesday and the Seattle. Kraken will stock their team with players left unprotected from 30 of the NHL teams. The Vegas Golden Knights are exempt as part of their expansion agreement a few years ago. The Kraken could choose the likes of Carey Price, Vladimir Tarasenko, and Gabriel Landeskog. But there's also a thing called the salary cap, and many players left unprotected are free agents. But they have a pretty good crop. Here's the Canucks protected list. Not many surprises here. You could argue whether or not you include... Tanner Pearson, Tyler Mott, or Tyler Myers on the list, but that's more an indictment of the Canucks' depth than anything, and here's uh, who's available to the Kraken. The Canucks can only lose one player out of that list. A lot of veterans with big contracts, but uh, there's no way Seattle is going to take that off the Canucks' hands. Whoever the Canucks lose, it certainly isn't going to make that much of an impact on their current roster. All right, let's check out some soccer. Gold Cup soccer from Kansas City. Sold-out stadium to watch John Herdman's Canadian team take on the U.S., Both teams won their first two games. Canada on an eight-game win streak, but haven't played very strong opponents. The U.S., well, talk about a lightning quick start. 20 seconds in, Shaq Moore beats Max Crapeau. Fastest goal in U.S. national team history. This game had some edge. Kamal Miller with the great tackle. Daryl DK doing the cartwheel there. It was a clean uh, play by uh, Miller as he got all ball there. Whitecaps Lucas Cavallini coming in for the injured Kyle Lahren early second half. Tejon Buchanan, Canada's most dangerous player, just missed the far post. Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies, by the way, not playing in this tournament for Canada. Stoppage time. Cavallini with a decent attempt, but stopped as Canada falls 1-0. But really, they did carry the point. Not a big deal. They will likely meet Costa Rica in the quarterfinals next Sunday. The Whitecaps are smiling today for the first time in, well, about 10 weeks. That was the last time they got to celebrate an MLS win. Last night, they fell behind early to the L.A. Galaxy, but rallied with two second-half goals and snapped that albatross of an eight-game winless streak.
3: Swung into the middle looking for White. Instead, it's to Brown. Brown, from an angle, puts it on net. And now, Casino! Levels the match
0: at one. Dahomey can't get the shot away. Still hesitating. White now back
3: to Dahomey. Christian Dahomey puts the Whitecaps on top. 2-1. The Whitecaps have done it. They've shrugged off eight games without a win.
13: I think overall with the game we played with the The passion, the commitment, a group that doesn't put their head down, keep fighting. Um, We deserve fully the three points tonight. You know, the mindset is good. The mindset is
6: good, and we need to keep going.
0: Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors had a chance to make history today if either could claim the Open Championship at Royal St. George's in England. Now, that didn't happen, but both men have made a habit of contending in majors this year and proving they are right in the mix to one day join Mike Weir as the only Canadian male to win a golf major, the Masters. Connors and Hughes both admitted to nervous starts and both bogeyed their first two holes, but they fought back. Connors with an eagle at the seventh, got to minus nine, was just two off the lead for a brief moment, but faded, ended up uh, tied 15th at minus five, but still another very good performance. Mackenzie Hughes also battled back after the slow start. Birdie at the 12th. He he was finished tied for 6th at 8 under and with the top 10 automatically gets an invitation back to the 150th Open Championship next year. South African Louis Oosthuizen is led from the opening round but Louis goes from one bunker to the uh, the other bunker at the seventh. Made bogey. Never really in it today. Disappointing for Louis, finishing tied third. It was Colin Morikawa playing alongside Usaizen, who was stellar today. Three straight birdies to finish his front side. Got to 14 under and the lead. 2017 champ Jordan Spieth trying to reel him in. Nice approach here at the 13th. Led to a birdie for Spieth. And Jordan within two of Morikawa. And then at 14... Spieth just magical with the putter this week, made a number of long putts again today. And this one, a little tricky one at 14, and now he's within one. U.S. Open a champ John Rahm also making a late push, made four straight birdies late in his round, including this one at the 16th which was almost an ace for Rom. He finished at 11-under, tied for third with Ustasen. But anytime time someone made a move, Morikawa had the answer. At the 14th, rolls in the tough 25-footer to get the lead back up to two. And Morikawa, like all champions in a major, made a number of clutch par saves. This one at the 16th, he did not make a bogey today or in his final 31 holes of this tournament. Morikawa with a stellar four hundred sixty-six wins the Open Championship by two over Jordan Spieth. Major number two for Morikawa in just his eighth major start, the fewest since the great Bobby Jones in
16: 1925. You know I knew there was going to be troubles, you're going to hit some bad shots, and, and sometimes you put them in the worst spots, but I was able to get away out of, you know, out of it and make some crucial putts. And, um, you know, yeah, my putting stats might not be up there, but they came in the m- moment I needed them. And um,
7: so happy Jason
0: Rangers the playing, the playing a doubleheader today in Buffalo Salem after being rained field. out Saturday so bottom of the third Jenny Jansen adds to the Toronto lead it was two nothing this made it three nothing and uh, jin Ru did the rest went the full 7 innings allowed just three hits struck out four And he goes the distance, gets his ninth win of the season as the Jays take the opener 5-0 over the Rangers. Another hour later, they play one more. And this time, they had the hitting shoes on as Lourdes Goriel Jr., Unloads the base as a grand slam to blow the game open in just the first inning. That made it 6-0. Jays went deep four times in Game 2, including the 31st of the season. For Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Jays sweep the doubleheader with two shutout wins, 10-0 the final for Toronto in Game 2. All right, British Grand Prix, Silverstone at capacity in England, 140,000 fans, thrilling start. Max Verstappen getting the jump on Lewis Hamilton, what a battle. for Verstappen and Hamilton racing wheel to wheel, touched a couple of times, and on the second bump, Hamilton ends Verstappen's race day. Hamilton given a 10-second penalty for his actions. But when the race resumed, Hamilton got to the front, stayed there. As he goes on to win the British Grand Prix for a record eighth time, Charles Leclerc second Canadian, Lance Stroll, finished eighth. The Olympics are just days away now, and for Delta swimmer Marcus Thormeyer, they can't come fast enough. He'll swim in the 100 and 200 backstroke and perhaps the relays. He's hopeful he can hit the podium, but regardless of the outcome, he did it his way. Marcus Thormeyer is one of the best backstrokers in the world, and he'd like to think doing things his way has had a lot to do with his success in the pool. Thormeyer has a full-time coach and follows a program, kind of, but he also reserves the right to change the game plan at a moment's notice.
7: Uh, when you decide what you want to do, I feel like it has way more power than if someone is like, you should do this. <laughs> I'm not like coaching myself completely, but I think Having like a significant amount of impact or input in my program like possibly impacts like me, my performance, and like my mental health.
0: Swimmers spend so much time in the pool, hours upon hours of training. It can take a toll on their mental health. And for Thormeyer, it's something he doesn't hesitate to address.
7: It's pretty easy for me to get in a mental rut, so I'll just like take a <laughs> big step back and say, hey, like, I need to take this amount of time off, recoup, come back so I can be sharper.
0: And it's paid dividends in the pool where Thormeyer's won his fair share of international medals. This is his second crack at the Olympics. And even though it's been a long haul dealing with COVID, he feels he's in the right headspace to deliver his best performances ever.
7: Having fun about it, not stressing too much and just knowing that there's a good performance inside of me and if i bring it out at the right time i could turn some heads
0: and the swimming competition starts on saturday so coming right up and a lot of bc uh, swimmers and athletes in uh, tokyo will keep you up to date on all of them
1: right around the corner all right thanks for that barry and coming up the deep dive to do a deep clean how a bc free diver is using his passion to protect the planet and his unexpected finds along the way
3: the special stories that shape our province as suggested by our viewers this is bc with jay durant real people real stories on global news hour at six our world is changing fast but the plan remains the same Ask the questions. Explain the answers. Provide the context. When and where BC needs it most. Global News. Navigate the now.
1: A BC man is using his passion for free diving to help save the environment. Jay Durant has more on Chris Sampson's mission and the surprises he's discovered at Deep Depths.
13: A day at the beach with his family means Chris Sampson gets to gear up for another free dive. He fell in love with the sport four years ago while watching YouTube. Now he has his own channel full of spectacular videos. Chris is a pescatarian eating primarily what he takes from the ocean during his dives choosing a more sustainable lifestyle.
14: The world's not in a great place. I know industrial farming, agricultural practices are, are heading things in the wrong direction. So even if it's a small little change, I feel a lot, lot better about harvesting my own food.
13: But free diving has now become so much more. His passion for protecting the environment means Samson is also on cleanup duty below the surface.
14: But when you go down into the water and you see a bunch of trash sitting on the ocean bottom, uh, you feel feel obligated to do something about it And he has most
13: of his life picking up garbage off beaches when he was younger. Now Chris and his diving buddies do it regularly along BC shores. From the first dive, we immediately
14: found trash and got busy. We found children's toys, garbage bags, beer cans, fishing gear.
13: Removing litter from rocks during dives has also led to some historical discoveries.
14: We also find old bottles uh, from the early 1900s. I found a pocket watch in Point Roberts from the late 1800s, and I donated it to the uh, Point Point Roberts Museum down there.
13: But earlier this year, he found something he'll never forget.
14: My favourite object they found was that illegal set of crab traps off Jericho Beach.
13: He pulled up a line that led to over 250 illegal traps and immediately called Fisheries and Oceans Canada.
14: I was, I was shocked, disgusted, really, really irritated. It's not, I'm, I'm not selfish, you know, I want to bring car- crab home for me and my family, but it's more the ecosystem that I'm, I'm worried about. <music> are the passions and
13: values Chris will teach his kids. Another family day trip means young Selah gets to see her
14: dad doing his favorite thing. She loves the ocean. She loves being at the beach. So I really hope she's going to be my dive buddy in the future. Uh-huh. Jay Durant, Global News.
1: What a cutie. Well, if you know someone who has a great story to tell or something unique to BC that people need to know about, you can email your ideas to jay at thisisbc at globalnews.ca. And we want to say hello to our viewers in the North Okanagan and Kootenay area. There was a power outage we told you about that affected about 40,000 customers in Coldstream, Lake Country, Vernon and in Revelstoke. We've just received an update from BC Hydro that power was restored around 640. All right.
0: It was great. Yeah, welcome back. I could feel it. I could feel the power.
1: (laughs) The powers that be knew what time to get it back up and running,
15: just in time for sports. All right, a final check on weather, if we could, Yvonne, before we say goodbye. Still hot and sunny. We may have a few clouds in the mix just for the morning hours, but with the Humidex away from the water tomorrow, feeling like 30 degrees and sunshine across the board. Okay, stay safe out there, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Jordan
1: Armstrong will be here at 11.